These are Grindstaff Publishing Audio Files. Room to Rome, Chapter 12, Austria The hard wooden bench situated within the fortified walls of Hohensalzburg Castle was a welcome relief from a long day of travel. Due to the enforcement of a travel ban in Croatia, I had decided to avoid the region altogether, very much to my disappointment, and push on to Austria. As I sat above the city of Salzburg, looking at the dark clouds engulfing the Alps in the distance, I contemplated what would lie ahead. My entire vision of Austria was the Alps. I've had a fascination with mountains for some time and have made my way up a few peaks in the Pacific Northwest, but something about the history of the Alps, whether they be Swiss or Austrian, held a particular vintage allure I couldn't place. There I was, sitting in a beautiful 11th century castle in a picturesque city, staring at the mountains in the distance, wanting in some way to climb them, be a part of them. They stand for adventure, a kind of no-holds-barred arena where men had gone to conquer the elements, had done so, and then made that which was once wild tame. That night, at my hostel, I searched for ways to get to the top of those jagged peaks. The answer presented itself in a brochure placed neatly in the dining area of the hostel. The bus dropped me off at what seemed like the feet of Untersberg Mountain, a 6,500-foot snow-dusted craggy peak looming high above me with a cable car line running from where I stood and reaching far into the clouds above. With a smile on my face not felt since Iceland, I bought a ticket to go up and stood in line with a young couple and their children. Before long, we were on a cable car with a man and his dog, as well as two older Austrian women. They all began to speak German while I braced the guardrails trying to ready my fear-frightened nerves for the ascent. As we climbed higher in the car, the woman went quiet. The dog, a German shepherd with a stout muzzle, whimpered uncontrollably and went flat on the floor of the car, having felt the altitude in the same ways my knees had. The view was breathtaking as we could see for miles in every direction while the fog still hid the higher peak of Untersberg, and I began to feel better, taking photos to keep my mind off the height. The cloud suddenly broke and the distance from the cable car and the ground came rushing to my head with a panic. My knees shook and the German women began whimpering in the same pitch as a muzzle dog. Luckily, the cable car terminal was near, and our carriage shook its way into position. We all unloaded and went our separate ways, the majority of the car to the restaurant, and me to the highest peak I could find. I was in the Alps. It was negative 2 degrees Celsius, or 28.5 degrees Fahrenheit, at the top of the mountain, but the only thing that mattered was exploring. Trails wound in all directions, and since it was late October, there was hardly anyone up there. With my breath steaming all around me, I trudged up to what I thought was a peak, adorned with a large cross, and tried to look out over the Austrian countryside, but was blocked by a thick cloud cover allowing me only to see the snow-dusted mountainscape. After a couple of hours of hiking around, I became discouraged by the thick clouds and decided to go down. The cable car wouldn't come back for half an hour, so I decided to go into a hut perched on a ledge to pass the time. I was amazed upon opening the door. The hut. Zeppazar Haus um Untersberg sits at 5,500 feet elevation and was built in the style of old alpine huts from the movies. A fire burned in a stone hearth and the bar was made of wood with character which had seen its fair share of harsh winters. The feel of the place was like something out of a classic mountaineer's tale. I couldn't have been happier. I ordered a stein of German pilsner and a bowl of hot soup I couldn't pronounce and began scribbling furiously in my journal while looking out the window periodically hoping for the sun to shine through. After two steins, the clouds began dispersing and I paid as quickly as I could, much to the gaping eyes of the other people, a family in the hut. 
I was back to hiking up to the highest peak I could find, and the clouds parting, I stood atop the Alps looking out over Austria, a changed man living the dream I had set forth for myself before leaving my home country and undertaking such an incredible trip. I sat on a bench next to the large cross of the peak of Untersberg, taking it all in. It was day 43 of my trip, and I thought long on what I had seen so far, and was amazed I was only halfway through. Early the next morning, I left the beautiful city of Salzburg on a cheap bus to Innsbruck. My bus driver was a nice Turkish man who was fascinated at my way of cheap traveling and kept asking about the ladies I had had and what more was there to travel. Enjoying the small talk, I bantered back and forth with him until around a corner the Alps in their full glory appeared and stunned me into silence. It was like something out of a magazine. The snow-capped range stretched onward for miles and my eyes couldn't be pulled away. My mind swam with all things Alps and as we neared Innsbruck, the feeling of late October and my timing in the region couldn't have been better. Once checked into my hostel, I set out exploring the old town area with the Alps looming large behind multicolored houses situated on the banks of a river. Arriving back to my hostel before dark, I had been looking forward to a night of quiet and planning the next legs of my trip when a bearded man in his 40s asked if I wanted dinner. Taken aback by his offer, I asked why he would want to and he told me an interesting tale. For decades, he had been and still was a chef who had worked at high-end restaurants. Not liking to stay in the same spot for too long, he had discovered the art of traveling from place to place, funding his movement by cooking for people at hostels, charging them only for the ingredients, then asking for a tip at the end which would be his profit. The man seemed trustworthy and was extremely nice, so I agreed. The meal was absolutely amazing. Simple, healthy, and cheap, but the taste was great and the cause was even better. By far the best part of the experience was the eclectic bunch of people at the communal dinner table. Travelers from Hungary, Israel, Spain, Poland, and Australia sat conversing with one another for hours, drinking cheap wine and talking of ways to make travel easier and where each of us were going and for how long. The camaraderie was palpable, as we all helped clean up the dishes and gave our tips to the chef, who had been smiling since we had walked into the room, obviously proud of the work he was doing. After we all said our goodbyes, I went into the common room with the rest of the hostel inhabitants and was met with a dull quiet. Everyone was on their phones and computers with headphones in, tuning out the chance to engage with people from all over the world. Let down by the environment and overjoyed with indulging with the chef, I climbed into bed early. Morning came with a shard of sunlight to my eyes from the crack in the curtain and I slowly rose to greet it. The Alps stood tall out of my window. It was paradise. After my customary morning writing, followed by a cheap breakfast, I found myself back in the old town district, listening to more street performers and walking along the river, taking in the Alps in the background. I had seen a sign near my hostel for a hiking trail, and with the weather beautiful, I listened to my instincts and followed the path. After passing through a kind of adult jungle gym obstacle course, I crossed some train tracks and ventured farther into the forest, which seemed to grow more dense. Houses tucked away in these trees spotted the landscape until I came to a clearing and the trees gave way to rolling hills and the owls presented themselves once again, only somehow more prominent. With excitement bubbling in all parts of me, I trekked across the field along wooden fences and country homes until I found the extremely small town of Eigels. I only knew it was called that from the sign above the vacant train station looked like it was from a movie set. The town seemed to be reserved for winter sports, a kind of rustic ski resort which I imagined would be quite busy in its peak season. Walking around the town, I imagined what it must have been like in the past. Even in 2015, it seemed to hold some of its old charm. Hacking back to Innsbruck, I thought of the next leg of my trip. It was exhilarating not having an itinerary to follow, just my own wants and desires to be my guide. That night, I made the decision to travel into Switzerland and keep exploring the Alps. Everyone I talked to couldn't stop raving about how beautiful the country was and how much it had to offer. 
While curled up in my bed that night, my roommate, an 18-year-old Australian, and I began talking of our travels. Once we had chatted for a bit, I asked her where she had come from, to which she responded, Amsterdam. Apparently, she had spent a few days there partying, eating speed and MDMA, until she woke up next to her new boyfriend. The two of them had scored enough drugs in those few days to make some money selling them. Before long, they had either used the drugs themselves or sold them the junkies in need. The day before our talk, she awoke having chewed her lips so badly when sleeping, they were large and she had scabs on her arms. The boyfriend had gone and she was left with little money. She decided to travel to Austria for a few days to clean up before making her way into the cheaper countries of southeastern Europe where the remaining money would go farther. As the girl spoke, I began to notice the signs of abuse she had done to her body. The stories were raw and told with such a matter-of-fact attitude that I couldn't help but nod my head and give a forced grin. That night after the lights had been turned out, I couldn't stop thinking about that girl sleeping feet away from me. Travel is, in some form or another, a way of escape. Escaping the daily grind of monotony, escaping the path we were destined to walk, or in her case, an escape from whatever demons plagued her life, the same demons who kept fighting her and dragging her back down. Sleep met me with thoughts of my escapism rambling through my skull, asking the same question over and over again. What was I trying to escape? End of chapter.